The old lady put her bloody saw down so she could rest. She lit a cigarette and asked which podcast I like best. Well, my favorite podcast is Sometimes Dead is Better. Dead is Better. Sometimes Dead is Better. With Chris and Chris. Make me feel comfortable as the guest and get me warmed up. I told you. To tell I told you. you to put another pillow behind your back. <laughs> All right, are we starting? Yes. You're drinking. Welcome to my podcast studio. Thanks. Well, so this is sometimes dead is better, and so it's me, Kristen. And I'm Chris. No, you can't fool me. <laughs> Where's Chris? Uh, I don't know. He had to, he got stuck in Birmingham doing law. <laughs> Cat law. Right. I think he's a cat lawyer now. Yeah. I think his cat Stacy, Cassie, Cassie, Cassie has him doing cat law for a lot of the cats in the neighborhood. Well, so he's not here. Yeah. This is gonna be. This might be a big blow to our all of our listeners. <laughs> I know that most of the audience tunes in to hear Chris, right. so these are big shoes to fill. <laughs> So, but also, let's talk about um, our new equipment. Oh, yeah. Um, we have fancy microphones. You guys have fancy microphones now, thanks to your benefactor. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this sounds much better than Chris and I trying to share one microphone in a closet. Wait, wait. So who are you? Oh, my name is Brian. Mm-hmm. And I- I'm said benefactor. Mm-hmm. Married to one of the hosts. I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> it's Kristen. <laughs> I think um, we've mentioned you on the podcast before. Well, not enough. I'm a little pissed about that, oh, to be honest. Right. Because you guys talked about talked about the big pet cemetery viewing from two thousand eight or whenever that was. I guess it was much earlier than yes. that. Yeah. And so you said Amy was there. You didn't say anything about old Brian, even though I was bringing so many jokes. I know. So much humor. He felt really bad. As he should. <laughs> and frankly, I don't think he should be the host anymore. After forgetting this important information. Oh, my. Yeah, I didn't mean that, Chris. Hard words. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm here. (laughs) I'm going to talk about horror movies, I guess. But (laughs) I don't like them. Right. But (laughs) I'll try. Well, so that is also what we're kind of trying to do with you. Mm -hmm. What are you trying to do with me? Is this like a conversion? (laughs) You're trying to turn me horror? (laughs) When we first started dating, mm-hmm. I kind of started liking horror movies, and I wanted to watch them every weekend. And I thought it was just kind of like a phase. I, I mean, what I remember, I mean, this wasn't early in our relationship. This is when you were pregnant with Elise, or maybe had just had her. And I walked in, and you were watching fucking Hostel 2, and there was like a girl's innards being pulled out and men watching. And I thought, what, what have I done? Who is this person? Uh, but you know that that Hostel 2 is one of the ones that really disturbed me. That As it should. Well, but there's only been like two or three that's ever Last really... Last House on the Left. I yes. remember that. That was when we were still dating. Yeah. That was in Birmingham. And that got me very upset. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying that when we first started dating, you were, so you were into horror movies before that? Not really. Because you started dating. We started dating when you were young. You were like, what, 22? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I guess you hadn't How'd really you had a chance back to watch a twenty-two-year-old. <laughs> oh no, man! <laughs> I don't know. And I drive all the way to you like weirdos Atlanta to come see you. Right. And when we first started dating, I didn't even have a checking account. Mm-mm. What were you thinking? <laughs> you <laughs> I mean, barely had a car. At least told us when she's twenty-two. I like this guy. He works at a bookstore. He's almost thirty. <laughs> he works about he fifteen hours a week. <laughs> he doesn't have a checking account. <laughs> He's got this big scraggly goatee. Um, yeah, so horror movies. That's what we're here to talk about, right? That's right. So you love horror movies. I don't really care for horror movies much at no. all. I don't really ever want to watch them at any time now. No, so for my birthday this past December, I get to watch whatever I want. This is going to make me feel bad, isn't it? No, but I just thought it was really funny. Yeah. That. Um, so I had my Indian food. And you went and bought me ice cream and treats. Mm-hmm. And then I said, and then, but you bought me It, the movie It, on 4K for right. my birthday. So I wanted to watch it. Right. So I said, I want to watch this for my birthday. And you said. <laughs> I don't remember what I said, but said, I wanted no part of that. Do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no. What you upstairs? were kind enough to let me off the hook. Yes. Um, it's so good. So, But I see... Like I've said before, I think I would like it in the right setting, but maybe we should talk about me and horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yes. Like my background and history with horror movies. How about that? <laughs> my whole life story. Okay, look, I am the producer and the co-host here, so if you could let me answer the, ask the questions. Well, you're not doing it, so. <laughs> so what is like the first scary movie that you can remember seeing? And so Chris mentioned in one of the episodes mentioned Thriller. You listen? So, uh-huh, of course Yay. I did. I'm your biggest fan. I know. Um, so yeah, Thriller was one that scared me when I was young. I remember going and at a like a sleepover birthday party with some friends. And I was old enough to where I probably shouldn't have been bothered. But they were watching. So we watched the movies Rambo, no, mm-hmm. First Blood. And then we watched Creepshow. Creepshow, do you know what that is? I haven't seen that. But do you know what it is? Not really. Well, it's basically, I think it's like four kind of short films within one movie. But basically, it's like four kind of horror movies. And I don't think they were like that bad horror. But I, I couldn't be in the room with that. I had to, to go and go play with my friend's little brothers. And we played G.I. Joe. And I was like 11. You are Elise. I guess. I know. I am. Right. I mean, every single time when I would come home... I would just be in my room, just terrified in bed. And um, so at first, like the way I would cope was, you know, I'd be scared and I would start coughing and I would cough and cough and cough until one of my parents got up to get me cough medicine. So they give me cough medicine. And then after that, I would be fine. And then I got to where I would be like, the, I mean, I knew, I always knew it was irrational. There's, this is irrational. Freddy Krueger is not in my living room. This doesn't make sense. And so after a while, I told myself that enough where I would work up the courage. And this took a long time where I'd work up the courage, where I'd go out into the dark house and just explore. Oh. I would go in every room. I'd open every closet. Like I needed to confirm like okay everything is cool and so yeah i'd go through all the rooms turn on the lights look under the tables everything um and then after i did that i'm like okay we're good 
and then I could go to sleep. How old were you? This is, I mean, this is probably kind of in that same time frame. That's very mature. 13, 14-ish. Um, well, the most mature thing would probably just be able to be cool with watching horror movies, you know? I don't just know. Just like if, be able to watch it. Yeah. It's like, eh, all right, you know? But so then as I got older and I started, you know, you start to realize how vulnerable everybody is. And I had kids and I realized how fragile that things can be. Then, and so I started developing more anxiety and then horror movies or things that are any kind of thing that's scary became like uh, another potential source for anxiety. Right. But so. no, that, that is true about anxiety and your anxiety. But something that we've kind of um, talked a lot about, I say we, as in like um, the podcast, My Favorite Murder, mm-hmm. and the community that they have um, created. I've, you know, I've been a part of that for a long time. And so, but one of the things that that we talked about is how we take that because we have so much anxiety that watching like these true crime things and these horror things actually make us cope. Yeah, I don't understand that. So knowing all those bad things that can happen actually make makes us more. It doesn't make sense. It's very counterintuitive, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I that I want to talk about the the true crime thing and the my favorite murder thing too. So let's let's put that on hold because okay. I don't understand that okay. at all. <laughs> okay. But I mean, horror movies, you can probably understand more because obviously there's a huge market for them. You see the horror movies that are coming out all the time. Yeah. It's also, it's also what, I, what I try to tell the kids is like when they get scared about these things, they get scared about vampires and ghosts and what are the rules of vampires? Can you actually do this or do you have to take it through the heart? And I try to explain to them that someone made all that up. Right. So it's actually really cool. They don't ever agree with me, but I say, but how cool is that? That someone just made up all of these things and these rules that duel with these monsters and because you can do whatever you want. That's why it's kind of fun. And that's why it's... Right. Yeah. So it yeah. makes more sense than the true totally crime, obviously. That. Right. Yeah. I, I don't judge anyone who enjoys horror movies. I mean, I really feel like it's just the difference in the chemicals in someone's brain. I mean, there's like the certain people who um, fear or that kind of fear... Um, not real fear, but that kind of fear, it can be exciting and it produces adrenaline and it makes them, you know, get excited and feel things that are positive. But with me, it it doesn't do that. My brain doesn't work that way. When I see, when I'm watching a movie and if it's a, you know, decent enough movie and someone is in danger, especially if it's like, you know, they're going to be murdered and the whole family is about to be killed or something, then um, that just produces anxiety. And I produce enough anxiety on my own day to day. It's like I don't need I don't need my entertainment sources, especially, you know, now that we have kids and our windows of time for entertainment are so small. Right. It'd be different if, you know, like we used to, like where we could, yeah, it's Saturday. We can spend 24 hours <laughs> being entertained if we want to. Sure. Mix a horror movie in because we can watch The Office for the next 12 hours after that. That's fine. You know, we can cleanse ourselves or I can, but we don't have that anymore. And so now if I have like an hour and a half, two hour window right before I go to bed. I just can't have it where I'm having something triggering all this anxiety and nervousness in me. Right. And so, so there, there should have been probably like a window of time, like in my twenties where I watched horror movies, but I didn't really, I mean, I watched scream. So that was like a thing in the nineties. So, but like in the nineties, when I was in my twenties, I was like, 
very much a film nerd white guy, you right. know? And so I watched a ton of movies, but they were all like classics Doc- and foreign films mm-hmm. and indie and all the stuff really just to say, yeah, I've watched M. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. I I've watched of, The Bicycle Thief. Right. We made fun of you when you got, we were so excited about you got that whole set of those Polish movies. Right. <laughs> right. The Decalogue. Right. I didn't watch them. I watched like two of them. <laughs> but I felt very cool, you know. So I did watch Rosemary's Baby because that's one of the few that can kind of fall into both categories where it can be considered like a classic of cinema, but also a horror movie. I feel like you've seen a lot, though. I mean, you've, you've obviously seen Psycho. You've seen you've seen Alfred well, Hitchcock. Yeah, but that's my point is that is that, yeah, I've seen kind of the classics, but the, the window of time where I would have watched like interesting horror movies, there weren't any where if you look at least to me, where if as it seems like the last 10, 15 years, that's yes. kind of been a boom yes. where there's been a lot of creative, interesting things going on with horror movies. But now's not when I'm going to be watching those. Maybe, you know, when the kids are grown up and we're retired. No, I don't we're think so. We have to wait till we're it retired? It makes me nervous just thinking about it. Oh, my gosh. No, we're <laughs> I'm gonna, just going to play video games. We're Oh, so you're okay with murdering people in the video games? Yeah. And skinning them. It's pretend I haven't skinned any humans. <laughs> Those are animals. But I was very, it made me, it warmed my heart whenever you said, hey, I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2 and I helped this guy build an electric chair. Yeah. Do you want to come watch? And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. Right. And that was interesting. And they had a serial killer in that. Why didn't you tell me? I did. Oh, that's well, right. I told you about it, but I didn't tell you that I found him. And that freaked me out a little bit. But not not bad because all that's so pretend, um, and so I've seen some horror movies. Like I watched Cabin in the Woods. That's true. And I really liked that. That was entertaining. Yeah, but that was again when you guys were all out of town and I had the house to myself. Why is that? Why does it have to be like this, like quarantine thing? Well, it's just that that's when I can turn it up the loudest and not worry that a five year old or a nine year old is going to come downstairs. What? But right, okay, usually we'll hear them call out, but we're not going to hear them call out if someone's screaming on the TV because they're being murdered. That's true. And so then they're going to wander down or they're just going to hear it and be terrified and they'll at least be up for the next week because of the scary noises she heard downstairs. (laughs) So that's why when you guys are out of town, it's easy because I can turn it up as loud as I want, can watch it anytime I want. So yeah, maybe you guys should go out of town for a few weeks and I'll watch all the horror this movies. That's no fun though. I want to watch them with you. This isn't this, this whole experiment of getting you to watch horror is not going to work. <laughs> well, we have because you're said also that. the kind of person that's like, oh, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Right. You I'm not doing me. that. Do you yeah. want another beer, Brian? No, I'm done. Do you want a piece of chocolate? No, I've had my chocolate for the day. I'm, I'm done. Not mean about it. Well, that's how you are. Well, no, like, but no. <laughs> so that. So, well, so we haven't said that in this podcast, though. That's part of the premise of this episode. Right. Is that you're going to get me into... Well, you're not going to get me into the whole genre, right? But so you're going to get me to like a horror movie, which honestly isn't that high of a bar. There are horror movies I like. Well, so what the fuck are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. No, but I'll, how about we... I will um, curate some movies that I think you'll like, uh-huh. and then we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll keep ramping it up a little bit. We'll check in with you. Right. Yeah, that could be good. An issue, too, is um, that you don't like bad things happening to kids in movies now. Yeah, I can't do that. I and can't. there's just so, like, I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I can't believe you listened to Chris's and I's 
episodes because so far it's just been like dead babies. Oh, I haven't listened to all of them. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> so that's a big thing too. And it's just like there's so much. Right, yeah, because that, that is, like... I mean, like if you're going to make a scary movie, what's the scariest thing that could possibly happen? Oh, someone loses a child. So that's the core well, see, of a lot that, of stuff. I think that's also part of why there's sort of the film snob that's still in me where it seems like horror movies, like it feels like it can be easy to go for kind of like the cheap put the kids in danger of course that's terrible because everybody wants to protect kids or have things jump out of the dark because of course that's going to be scary but that doesn't mean it takes any skill to accomplish that and i'm not saying that's the way all these are but that's i guess kind of a bias maybe i have right where it or maybe it takes you have to be more creative than that. And I'm sure there are a lot of them now that are, are more like that and aren't just kind of slasher, um, scary things jumping out of the dark kind there of a thing. Are. Yeah, I'm sure there well, are. Well, so it's interesting that, um, so you were our famous um, guest actor on the ad for oh, The right. Witch. Right. And you watched, so I made you watch the end of The Witch and uh, you were like, hmm, I think I might want to watch this. Yeah, that was really interesting. It was. And, and I just think- that guy's voice. That was so cool. Yeah. I think you would enjoy it, except for the, you know, the baby murder. But that gets over so quickly. Oh. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if a baby would bother me as much as, like, just kids. Because a baby's just, I mean, just a baby. <laughs> They're all kind of ugly. I'm sure they found a cute one for that. You want to talk about true crime and why you like it and why I don't understand it? Because that's really the why I could at least understand more why people like horror movies because it's fiction these are pretend people these are characters this is a clown monster or whatever it is and it's easy to say that okay that's not a thing there's not a clown monster in the sewers right, right? I'm like, okay I can, <laughs> I can get past that same thing like when i overcame my my freddy krueger thing i was like okay there's not a knife guy i'll go walk out into my living room and there's not going to be a a burned up knife guy knife finger man <laughs> that's what the name of the movie should have been <laughs> you think that should have been the title yeah burned up knife guy yeah <laughs> yeah maybe um but yeah with true crime I mean that these things happened these terrible horrific things happened to real people and their descendants are out there trying to put together their lives and there's just something about that being used for people's entertainment that seems makes me uncomfortable but you made a face like that's not right i mean well, i didn't like the word for, entertainment but it is i mean how many hours do you listen to it you don't do it for homework it's not your job it's entertainment I, I mean, thousands so. of people don't go to their shows, to live shows, for they don't like have pens and paper where they're taking notes like, ah, I understand the human condition So you're talking now. about my favorite murder in particular? Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, any of them. I mean, right. There's a billion of those. Yeah. But again, I think it helps with my anxiety whenever you hear about like, oh, um, this family was murdered. And then you look it up and it's like, oh, well, the dad was clearly crazy and he murdered his whole family and then killed himself and it's like oh well that's kind of oh you're not gonna do that you know so it (laughs) makes me feel better or i see like things about um you find out i mean like a kid died and you're like oh my gosh that's awful this kid was murdered and then you then then they trace it back and they realize oh the parents actually killed it and they covered it up and that makes me feel better it's like oh no one's out there killing kids they're killing their own kids it's it's okay and i know that sounds awful (laughs) sound awful (laughs) 
rethinking this whole marriage. Oh, no. You had me sign something the other day. I'm not sure what it was. It might <laughs> have been right. a, a prenup. That's right. Now that you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, that's like, right. Because before. Yeah, before. I was just lucky. Man, I don't have a checking account. Look how hot she is. <laughs> Let's get a ring on her. <laughs> yeah, you really rolled the dice. And whatever is the positive thing that happens when you roll dice, you hit that. Snake eyes. Snake eyes. <laughs> Double seven, something. You want to say like I'm judging everyone who enjoys true crime podcasts. I mean, obviously there's not something wrong with all these people. I'm just saying that it's harder for me to understand it, to relate to it. So maybe you can shed some light on it. Aren't there a ton of those where crazy man does horrible things to woman? I mean, aren't? Oh yeah. So. How does that help you sleep at night? Well, because it's usually, like, 90% of the time, it's either the husband or the boyfriend. And so, really? I don't... Yeah. And so, it's just... And then, like, like when you talk about, like, kidnappings and stuff, when the more you learn about it, the more you learn that, like, 99% of the time, it's an estranged dad or, you know, a mom or a grandparent. Mm-hmm. You know? It's kind of like when you hear about, like, being people being molested and how terrible that is but then you learn oh it actually happens with the family you don't have you don't have to worry so much about like the kids at school or the kids at wherever the more you learn about it the... i, I kind of see that i guess <laughs> i mean maybe it's also because i don't listen to any of these so i picture every single one as being strange deranged man breaks into house murders family no. Eats the neighbors. See, that's why you're so wrong. Like those. And so that's. Those are so rare. That's why they're so fascinating too. And also, I realize that the chances of this, like something like that, happening are so rare that the more you learn about it, and the more you see that, oh, no one's gonna break into your house. The chances of someone breaking into your house and murdering you, is like the same chances of like rolling those snake eyes <laughs> and winning. Well, don't use that analogy. <laughs> remember when winning we, that the Powerball. Remember when you found the skin squirrel yes. up the road? Didn't that freak you out? Tell me that wouldn't have you would have reacted the same way if you didn't spend twenty hours a day listening to true crime podcasts. But part of it, part of me was also like, "Oh, fuck yes, I'm going to solve this. This is amazing." You would not solve this. Me? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Because it took you an hour to figure out which cords to plug into the laptop. <laughs> I it was funny. You guys were talking about the um, the horror movie aisle yeah. at the video stores. I remember the Ghoulies um, yes. cover with the the monster coming out they of the toilet. The monster in the toilet. Yeah, there were so many of those that were freaky. How is that allowed? Where you can just have an aisle in a store and kids can just walk by and see all those crazy movie covers how did that not give me nightmares does everybody hear the cat purring she wants to tell her story about horror movies she is the horror movie she's a devil (laughs) right she's the scary one yes although she's laying here purring with us it's not that bad (laughs) but then i also just really love true crime maybe because a part of me is fucked up i mean i don't know well i don't I think mean, it's why fucked w- up i'm not saying that i no, just want to I mean, understand i can't it. explain it but even before there were like a million podcasts you would read all the books you would yeah. read all the i mean i guess i get I, I kind of get i, I guess there's, there's probably like a titillation factor to it right like a little yeah. this is wrong 
I shouldn't be reading this <laughs> kind of thing, maybe. I, uh, I so I really, I, I like, I really, I don't know how to describe it, but I love it. <laughs> I love yeah, it so funny. much. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it, but to each his own. <laughs> I do think this is the kind of thing, though, like, when I was a much angrier person, like in my 20s, like this would be the kind of thing where it'd probably be a deal breaker. Where I'd be like, well, no, you were probably still too hot. But I'm sure I would have a thing where it's like, ugh, I'd be have like angry rants about people listening to true crime podcasts if podcasts existed. Oh, I'm so glad then. you're not in your 20s anymore. <laughs> you want to get me into a horror movie. Like well, you, I'm going to, I picked one for you that we're gonna watch so talk about it and tell me why tell the audience why you chose this one where this is a lot like we're thinking of this like analyze fish if anybody has listened to that nobody has no but they should because it's fantastic it's still there i go, know go i still have it on it. my podcast app i still listen to it sometimes yeah i do too it makes me feel a little sad me too but then happy because it's so funny it is so basically the premise of analyze fish is one of the hosts, Scott Ackerman, doesn't like fish because he's a, a rational, intelligent person that banned fish. Um, and yeah, then, I guess you should start right, with that. Right. He hates seafood. Of course, they did have the whole analyze fish when they talked about right. Jaws. But. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, so one of the guys um, hates fish. The other guy loves fish. And they're both comedians. They're comedy writers. So it's super funny. And basically, it's like nine episodes of one guy playing fish songs and taking him to live shows, trying to get into it. So anyway, this is kind of like that, where Kristen's going to try to select just the right horror movie to make me think, huh, maybe it's okay that these people get murdered. <laughs> maybe this is fun for me after all. Because it's not you. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? just a relief? <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the one being murdered. <laughs> You're right. And so which one? What have you got? Well, so the movie I chose for you is a 2014 movie called Housebound. And so I've never heard of this. Well, it's a New Zealand movie. Uh-huh. Um, and it's kind of a... One of those horror comedy thrillers. Well, so is it... Is it... So what's the guy that did the vampire one that we watched? That That's New Zealand and that guy, right? You know what I'm talking about. When... What we... What they... What oh. we do in the shadows. Yes. Is that no no no? It's not quite that humorous. Like that's like that that's um, much more humorous. This is much right. more on the line, more like Shaun of the Dead type. Mm. Um, yeah, I've watched that. Mm-hmm. I've uh, seen some horror movies. Come on. I know. You like that? Well, you actually you, that that made you sad too. The end. I don't remember what happened at all. Oh. I remember that it was really funny, and then it got, got sad. it got too serious. Yes. it got too scary. <laughs> I do when it was funny, haha. Well, I think you'll really like this, and I have a really good true crime to go with it that also is light. And so it's in New Zealand, so they have like kind of an accent. Yes. So that'll help. Yes. Right. Who can? I mean, who can really take anything that seriously when and, they have accents? And you know, Chris is not here, so I just need to remind everybody that I am not the film analyst person. That's Chris. He's okay. much better about that. So I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah. Perhaps. Okay. Interesting choice. Is this on Netflix? It used to be. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to watch it? It's on YouTube. YouTube? Huh. Okay. Or we can go buy the DVD. And so what's it about? 
It's about a, Has anybody heard of this? Like, is there anyone out there has seen this movie? Yeah. Okay. It's about a woman so who... So if you talk to other people and you say, you're watching the horror movie Homebound. Like, how many Housebound. people... Housebound. How many people... Who am I talking to? House arrest. I don't know. Horror movie fans. Oh, yeah? Okay. Not like my comedy friends. All right, so friends. there's this woman. And She's she, at home. Well, she gets put under house arrest and she has to go back to her parents' house. Okay. And strange things start happening. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds intriguing. I want to watch Get Out. That's the one that I really want to watch. Yeah, but we, we can watch that when the kids. There's not like... I don't believe you. And there are others like the Babadook. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, there are some that seem to have like a good critical reputation. It Follows. Right. Yeah. That's one. Like something like that. I, I okay. can see watching. Because, like, things like, like Scream, I mean, I can appreciate that. I mean, obviously, that opening scene is a classic. Right. And just the design of that mask. I mean, just seeing that mask scares me. I know. It's getting late. It's Saturday night. What is that? I, I don't know. Hello there. Kristen here. Thank you so much for listening. We want to invite you to come join our Facebook group. Sometimes groups are better. There are a lot of cool people in there. We talk about the movies Chris and I review, new horror movies coming out, true crime, pop culture. It's really fun. We would also be so grateful if you would go on iTunes and subscribe and rate and review or subscribe on whatever podcasting app you use. It really helps us to be seen by more awesome people like you. And we want to continue to build this great community. Also, follow us on Instagram at Sometimes Dead Podcasts. We'll post pictures of the drinks we're drinking or pictures of the true crimes we're doing. While you're there, follow Gabby Watts, who does our amazing theme song. Follow her band at Gabby Rots, G-A-B-B-I-E-R-O-T-T-S. And remember, sometimes dead is better. So I got Brian to watch a whole movie. Yay. <laughs> and we had no interruptions. It went pretty smoothly. Yeah, the kids never came down. There was no them hearing screaming or anything <laughs> coming downstairs and wandering into something gruesome. The cats so didn't even good. get in front of the TV, I don't think. I don't think so. All right. I think we had to pause it a few times just... Because sometimes it seems like we hear the kids, right. but then we don't. It's just the cats. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we made it through a whole movie. Well, yay. Well, and so again, so the reason I chose this horror movie was because it is kind of funny, light. Nothing really bad happens, right? Yeah. There really wasn't. I mean, there were kind of scary parts, but they were just like kind of thing you could have in any movie where it's just a bunch of creepy music and it's kind of dark and oh, something may happen, which uh, that was really I did it. forget that someone's head got blown off, though. Yeah, but that that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. It like, was all kind of like campy, right. like fun. Right. Yeah, like that kind of gore stuff uh, it doesn't really bother me at all. And like you said, it was so over the top. That it wasn't, it wasn't like it was realistic or someone that you gave a shit about at all. 
I'm the, saying it didn't. The person whose head got blown off. Oh, right, 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 <laughs> right. Well, and that, that reminded me of something that was another thing that I was terrified as a kid was, do you remember that movie where the the woman took the basketball and threw it at a woman's head and her head exploded? No. <laughs> it was the woman who was from like, throw mama from the train and the Goonies, you know, yeah, that yeah. actress. Yeah, I remember her. And there's this. And Someone I, threw a basketball at her head? And it exploded. Why? Is there a bomb in it? No. Why I, were they throwing basketballs at each other? It's I, like, I don't know. I don't remember this is a dream the context. No, because I saw it the other day, like on a, someone posted it on like a GIF or something. That wasn't in the Goonies. <laughs> I know. So I like the premise of it. So this woman who is apparently going down a bad road and she's getting caught for B&Es and stuff. So she gets a sentence to her parents' house. And that must have hurt a little bit. Right. But I mean... <laughs> I didn't quite get that. So she, so at the beginning of the movie, she's robbing uh, an ATM, uh-huh. which that action scene was pretty well done. That was pretty tense. And so she's breaking into the ATM and it goes wrong. Her mm-hmm. car gets stuck on a speed bump mm-hmm. when she's trying to get out. She's just stuck on a speed bump. I don't understand how that happens. But anyway, <laughs> so she gets caught and she's sentenced she goes through the whole legal system and they talk about how, you know, you've got this history of problems. We just, you just try to rob an ATM. And so, eh, eight months at home. I think that'll do, do it. Do you wonder if it's something different with like New Zealand and their laws? Because I was listening to that podcast I told you that I love so much, Disgraceland. And there was one thing that happens in Norway. And the maximum sentence for anything in Norway is 21 years. Doesn't matter if it's murder serial murders huh. um so i'm wondering if it's something like with new zealand maybe their laws are more lenient yeah. or it just happened to be they wrote it like that because that's the way they want the movie to go and then yeah you think she'd go to prison right especially since they made it like this is a troubled person right right she has a history of of issues so i guess maybe she'd been sentenced to her house before like the first time she was sentenced just for like 30 minutes <laughs> And then the next time she was sentenced for like three days and she's just worked her way up to now it's eight months. But so the little town they live in is called uh, Buford. Oh, yeah, that's right. And do you think that that's like the Andalusia of New Zealand? It seemed kind of like it, didn't it? That's a dis. Now that you say that, that's kind of a disappointing name. Buford, because we have a Buford, Georgia? Well, yeah, and it's in New Zealand. You think it'd be something a lot more interesting than that. Something with a dash and a lot of A's and I's. <laughs> right. You know? right. Buford. Yeah, okay, so that's where it's set. And I guess it's, we don't really see any of the town, mm-hmm. really. Just the house. Yeah, but just like the part she's in, yeah, it's all run down. Like if they had trailer parks, this would kind of be a trailer park um, area. It seems like they have a big house, though. But then we find out later why they have such a big house and how they got right. that house. But it's all run down, and then in their like their back neighbor is a guy who skins possums. Right. So I mean, but anyway, so she's sentenced to her house. She has to stay with her house. Oh, and then you immediately love her mom, right? Yeah, I think I wrote that down in my notes. I think I said I instantly like her mom. Yeah, her mom is just she's she's a character. She's funny and she's sweet. Well, I also like how they make it so at first it seems like it's awful for the main woman. What's her name? Kylie? Right. Right. But so, yeah, so she's the daughter and she's sentenced to go to back home. And she's like in her 20s, the daughter is, the one who's being sentenced to 
sentenced to eight months at home. And she seems like she's from like 1995. Like she's so <laughs> angsty. She is. And she has that dark black hair. And she's just mad about everything. And she's not getting up from the couch or changing the channel. And she's just going to eat cereal all day. Well, that's what I liked it. Because at first it seemed, at first I kind of felt bad for Kylie being stuck back. Like if you can imagine being stuck. We've had a lot of family around over the holidays and Mm -hmm. been around a lot of family and then you finally kind of need okay that's enough right we're done yeah when you put it like that eight months right (laughs) but but i like how they first show it and it seems awful for kylie her mom obviously seems like a like a bit much and then but then they show you know her mom didn't want her there either right but she's the only reason her mom doesn't yeah her mom doesn't want her there because her daughter's terrible yeah right but yeah, her her mom is so nice. She's such a just kind of a scattered brained, trying her best, gossipy kind of mom who mm-hmm. means well. But yeah, I could see how it would be annoying. Yes. She has a tracker on her ankle, ankle bracelet thing, so she can't leave the premises. And she has like a security guy that comes and um, you know, make sure and I really like that. So they have like the like kind of like a probation guy, I right. guess, right? He's adorable. So he and puts he has, the, he's such a good character too right yeah so you think or at least i thought okay this is the guy who's going to put the ankle bracelet on and that's the end of that story and he's going to go away but he's like a main character in the movie and i really liked him too yeah and that's something that that i will say about this movie even though i haven't seen many horror movies i don't remember seeing many where i like the characters i like enjoy being them around being around them but like in this one i, I genuinely wanted amos to be okay Right. The, the security guard Well, guy. and also her stepdad. Right. I mean, that makes sense in other horror movies that they don't want you to get attached. Right. Like if Friday the 13th, if all those teenagers had just these great personalities and characteristics, then you probably wouldn't enjoy seeing them all murdered. But I guess, but isn't that what you want in a movie? I mean, you genuinely or generally, you, people who are creating things want you to care about the characters in some way. So it's odd to me. That's an odd well, I guess thing it depends to me. on the horror movie. Yeah, I guess. So there's kind of these these little references, these little drops of information that something's up with this house, right? Like right. the mom uh, mentions something about how strange things used to happen years ago. And then Kylie goes down in the basement one time, mm-hmm. right? And it's all spooky and dark and creepy music. And there's like 600 different little instances of this, which is another thing that bothers yeah. me in horror movies, where it's like sensible decisions aren't made, like like obvious decisions that are right in front of you aren't made, like just finding additional light sources. <laughs> like if I ever had a situation where I went down into a basement and it was totally dark and there was just one like flashlight from 1973 in there and someone grabbed my leg one i'd never go back down there again <laughs> but two i i would have my mom or someone go to target and buy look buy every lamp buy every single lamp every single flashlight that there is and we're going to fill up the basement with it we're not going to have a situation again where it's totally dark and we can't see anything it's not going to happen i don't yeah. understand why these decisions aren't made but then, so later, but then I like how it does kind of evolve. And so then you figure out that there was actually a murder there. It was something else. It was a halfway house. Right. So I was a little confused about that. It, so, yeah, you find out that this was a place for troubled kids or troubled mm-hmm. teens, right? 
so she starts to think that the place is haunted by this girl. Right. So first she's skeptical. She doesn't believe her mom. She doesn't really think that there's really anything going on. Right. And but then she starts to finding these documents and files and that she thinks, OK, this one girl was murdered. And so was it just that one girl that was murdered or was it like a, a whole a lot of things that happened? No, I think it was just that one girl was stabbed to death in the house. Weird. She talks to Amos, who I, who thought it was really funny that he ended right. up being a ghost hunter. That was so perfect. Right. Yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. That was that great scene where, so she takes Amos down to the basement. And again, Amos is just the security bracelet guy. And so I guess she tries to, I don't know, somehow Amos comes back. And so she tells him, you know, there's something in the basement. I think it's haunted. And then you think he's going to say, okay, crazy person, I'm going to leave now. Stop trying to get away. But he pulls out a tape recorder, right. like a little handheld tape recorder out of his pocket, has it ready, and just holds it up in the air and hits record and starts asking these questions. To the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like communicating with a ghost instantly. So there are a lot of little things like that where it kind of unexpected little character developments right. um, happen that that I did really enjoy. Um what is that? That's the cat Eugene? attacking something. Well, that too. If they had cats, they never would have thought those noises were weird. Right. Yeah, again, I don't want to step on your jokes, but yeah, you've got a whole bit about that. I got to work on it. Right. Yeah, you do. Um, that's a good bit. So Amos has the tape recorder and he asks the ghost, you know, are there things that you want to say? And he waits for a few seconds to see a response and everyone's quiet. And he asks another, are there, is there unfinished business left in this house or some kind of stuff like that? And so, you know, um, Lily, is it Lily? <laughs> I forgot her name. Kylie. <laughs> this is pretty close. Um, and so Kylie is all skeptical and she says, what's the point of that? What are you doing? And then he plays it back and says, sometimes there are answers to these questions or something. Right. Then he plays it back and there's nothing. Right. <laughs> like there are, the ghost don't answer, nothing happens, right. and he just leaves. <laughs> yeah. And then I really love how they tie that back together with the Teddy Ruxpin toy. Oh, right, right. And so the answer was actually on the tape. Um, right. Which so I also, what was that again? So she had a Teddy Ruxpin type uh, doll. The girl that got murdered? No, Kylie. That was hers? Yes. Oh, so what answer was on the tape? Oh, so the. Oh, I'm glad we're talking about I this. I missed that entirely. Oh, now I'm Chris and you're me. <laughs> Wait, so. Okay, so. I thought that the what was on the tape was like what the. Oh, see? Okay, yeah. It took me a long time mm. to, to put together that, oh, there wasn't really a ghost girl. It was oh, the guy in the wall the okay. whole time. Right. Even after the guy was in the wall, I kept waiting for the ghost girl right. <laughs> to show up I and like do something. Okay. Know? Well, no. So that was Kylie's when she was little. Okay. And so she, I guess, the, the proof was on it. And that's why um, she threw it in the fire mm -hmm. because Eugene was trying to get, trying to play it so she would hear it because he was trying to get her attention. Well, why is Eugene trying to get her attention now? It's because he saw her psychiatrist type person mm -hmm. and he recognized him as the guy who actually murdered her right so we should talk about that so there's a psychiatrist guy right so he comes periodically and checks in with kylie to make sure she's okay and of course she's not and at first it's just because she's angsty and a angry 90s teenager person but then she's later is freaked out because she thinks her house is haunted and 
So this guy, I mean, he's instantly a little creepy. I mean, you kind of know as yeah. soon as you see that big sweaty face. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. just a giant face, yeah. <laughs> a big old head. As soon as you see that, you just, the guy just seems icky. Right. You know? So yeah, it turns out there's no ghost. There's actually a human living inside the walls. Right. Which was really interesting. Right. I never saw that coming. I know. Of course. And so she finds okay, that I was out. Gonna, that was one of my questions I had for you, because usually you are very good about this stuff. So I th- actually thought you might have figured it out. And I was going to ask know. you. I'm really bad at it. I mean, I, I don't try to figure things out. That's I don't, true. I don't want to figure things out. That's true. I don't like getting ahead of the plot. I just kind of want to let it all wash over me. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, Brian, what do you think is going to happen next on Lost? Well, you know what, Kristen? We'll watch it next Wednesday and they'll tell us. <laughs> but why do you think... Well, you know what? They'll tell us. You did not, you'd never want to talk about it, which is fine. I just want to talk about it. Yeah, um, I'm not much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I also had another question for you. Okay, yeah. Was the scariest scene when you heard that dial-up sound? When she's trying to get on the internet. <laughs> no, I kind of like that. Oh. I have some nostalgia for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, I just, I wish it would have said, um, welcome to AOL or whatever it was. Oh, it right. Said, I love the, the, um, I know this was, well, this was in 2014, but you know, the Hello Moto oh, right. ring that she had. Yeah. That felt like it was 20 years old, but I guess, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Um, so the teddy bear. Mm-hmm. So the teddy bear shows up next to her in bed mm-hmm. and it starts like just making noise and stuff. Right. And then it walks into the shower. No. With her. She. No, she was in the shower. No. Yeah. Well, Eugene came out and threw it into the shower. How do you know that? Well, how else would have gotten in there? Because he wanted her to listen to it. He was trying to get her attention. Okay. I did like that. Um, so, you know, I talked about how it bothers me when characters don't act in a way that that seems plausible to me or how I would act in a situation, uh-huh. you know. I did like that when that teddy bear came into the shower like the second time, like she fucked it up. Right. Like she beat the shit out of it and threw it in a fire and like stabbed it with stuff and I don't remember what else, but I remember thinking, "Yes. Yes, that is what you do. Right. Destroy it. <laughs> Everything that you can, destroy it." Yeah, so I enjoyed that. Right. Oh, so the movie keeps going in all these different directions. And I never thought it was, like, silly. I always thought it was a good red herring or whatever. Like, the guy yeah. next door. Yeah, she I like goes that, and too. tries to uh, investigate him, and it turns mm-hmm. out he's... And that was a good scene. So right. she goes, they go and investigate the neighbor guy who's, you know, a, a possum skinner. Right. <laughs> and he has a house that has not been maintained or cleaned at all. I mean, there's just piles of dishes and old boxes with newspapers and stuff. Which would probably be me if just I to, hadn't have met you, right? Yeah, that's true. This house would be gross. <laughs> and you would have a beard and animals everywhere. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, so they suspect him. So they go over to his house to investigate and, of course, the movie makes you think, okay, this is the guy, because they've set him up to be super creepy. And um, then Amos goes back to investigate one time. Oh, there's that great scene where they, they're they in the house, and the creepy guy comes home, and they're going to make a break for it. And Amos's leg gets caught in a bear trap. Right. That was great. Well, first, going back a little bit, I love in movies when they have to do something hard, or there's something that they need done that seems impossible. Mm-hmm. And there's someone who has a skill that was perceived as bad at some point. Like if, if it's like 
being able to break and enter or break uh, a, a start a car or right so yeah all of her kind of crime skills she right. got to put to use right but there. i like that in movies i can't think of another movie i mean i guess maybe like oceans 11 or something that get all these people together to solve this crime but sometimes right. that will be in movies where they're like nobody can do this and they're like wait i know somebody right but it was because and then they're like no i left that life behind it's like no we need you so i like that i just like right. but i like any sort of um, like in jurassic park when the velociraptors have these claws and they're like what do i do with these and they, they open doors. Right. <laughs> Same thing. Oh, but yeah, so I like that. And then, yeah, I don't like bear traps. Yeah. So they lead you to believe that this guy is the murderer and he's terrible and awful. But then it turns oh, out he and Amos become good friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so the one of the, the, the key piece of evidence they have is that she discovers that denture plate. Oh, right. And yeah, that's what we're assuming that. Eugene found that he put down the tube for her to find. Mm, right. Yeah. I haven't put all that together. I haven't gone back and yeah. Yeah. But so it turns out the crazy guy um, has a lot of information. He knows what was going on at that house. He knows that there was a kid a long time ago that was troubled and ran away. And he was great at making things and building mm -hmm. things. But he didn't like to go outside, and so he started living in crazy guys like crawl space, right, or something, and then became a wall dweller, wall dweller, dweller, wall dweller. A wall dweller. <laughs> That's a hard word to say. Yeah, say that three say. times fast. Wall dweller, wall dweller, wall dweller. It wasn't fast though. Really. That's good. We know, and also before that, after they try to break in, then she accidentally stabs her stepfather, which was sad. Oh, yeah. Stabbed him right in the gut. That happens so often in movies. And, you know, yeah, and it bothers me. And that's yeah. another one of those things where it just feels... I think that's also part of the problem I have with horror movies. So much of it just feels manipulative. It just mm. feels so obviously manipulative and not natural. But at least in this one, because that happened because she thinks she's being chased by a murderer. So she runs down into the basement. She grabs a knife or something. The lights aren't on. And someone's coming downstairs, and um, it turns out it's her stepdad. Right. And so she stabs him, thinking it's uh, the crazy murder or something. And so, like, I would think, okay, that that's not going to happen because someone's going to call out. That if it's just a normal person, right. they're going to say, what's, hey, yeah, what's Kylie? going on? Is everything okay? Right. But he doesn't speak. Like, they've kind of set that up right. already, that he doesn't really talk at all. So it's plausible that that character... I guess would just kind of wander in the dark and not say anything. Right. Yeah. So that was all right. Well, there's another scene of that in um, the movie, the strangers. See, that that's the one that I think would scare me. Yes. I think that would I freak my shit could... out. Yeah. Because that feels too real. But they do that very well. They do that sort of trope in that. And it seems believable to me. But then again, I mean, remember in Mad Men when Peggy accidentally stabbed her boyfriend? She got scared and... Oh, right, right, right. And that's why they ended up breaking up because... Right, he was just tired of that shit. <laughs> okay, so there's actually a man living in the walls. And then right. that, like, like you were saying, that was a, like you were saying, that was a good scene where they have the old man next door telling Amos about this weird boy and they're intercutting... Is that the word? Mm -hmm. They're showing, at the same time, Kylie discovering these... Well, no, she knocks a wall out by accident. 
Right. Because of her anger. Yeah, that teen angst. Yeah, yeah, she just starts beating up a closet. Right? She's trying to get a vacuum cleaner yeah. back in a closet. She ends up knocking the wall out. And so that's happening at the same time that Amos is finding out. So that was a good scene. And so we, right. we find it. Yeah, it was a cool scene. So she's kind of, she finds like these pathways in the walls, right? And so she starts walking through those. And it's That's one of the things again. And everything. Go, no. Right. Once you see all that. Well, she didn't see anything at first. At first, just like, okay, there's a space here, so I'm going to see what's in this space. And then she starts walking in it, and it's like this really narrow, kind of almost like a narrow hallway behind the wall. And so then she finds a hole in it, and she sees like right. like this guy who's all gray and like has big shaggy hair and like a dusty afro almost. And he's got like tiny little television screen in front of him and book like he's been living there right so she discovers yeah there's a man living in the walls right, which right. holy fuck yes <laughs> which is what i thought too when i first saw the movie i was like yeah. no way right so and she so, so then it's like and then you have to think back and it's like oh someone actually grabbed her right someone is actually living in there right someone's moving the stuff around right yeah, or it's not stealing the food. right and then yeah so then he i guess he kind of freaks out i don't you know it doesn't it seems like he's attacking her, but I guess he's also, he's freaked out too. Right, I guess, but I mean, I have to rewatch it because at the time, yeah, I mean, they definitely sell the fact that this guy is attacking her and he's going to get her and she's got to get away. He's the monster. He's going to kill her. And so, but the later you find out, you no, know, he's a nice guy. So right. I'd kind of would like to watch that again just to see if in retrospect, is he not chasing her? Is he not doing anything? He might be trying to just stop her. Maybe that's yeah, how he reacted. Yeah, he's a guy that's been living in walls for a while, so right. it's not like he can, yeah, can communicate very well. But it, I guess, but it seems like if he's trying to give these messages, that he could have found some way to do that. But a little better. Right. Yeah. But then, and I will to judge a man who lives in the walls. I love the scene when she got to the police station and those cops. Yeah, the cops were, were funny. Yeah, and then um, one of the funniest scenes is when she's trying to explain and then Amos shows up and she's like let me, let me tell you he's like yeah, yeah I know there's a guy in the walls he'd already figured it out too right and then but when they go back to investigate Eugene has done some I guess quick work and covered up his holes right and they won't let her keep trying to get into the walls even though right yeah so the police come back Amos is there and then the therapist guy comes back and they have like a, a whole session and she's trying to convince everybody, look, there's there's a guy on the walls. I've seen him. Go check. And they're all like, she's crazy. She hasn't been taking her medicine right. because there's also like a counselor woman there. And she keeps saying, you know, this is what happens. Um, she has a history of bipolarism or right. something. Right. Right. And so there was a second there where I thought, oh, shit, this is like all in her head. Oh, you know? like, right. I never thought about that. Yeah, so I, they had me going on that mm -hmm. for a second because you don't know, because she's the only one who had seen him at that point. But then, so the therapist, psychologist guy takes out his dental plate, uh, and right. that's when she figures and it she's out. She's like, "What, motherfucker!" And then, then so she goes down into the basement. She kind of puts it all together. And starts oh yeah, going she the goes papers, through the files and, and she, she finds, finds his name. Right. So she figures it out. Um, I do wonder why he flipped so quickly. Right. I mean, you know, just be chill. Just keep saying she's crazy. That's there's no way. This was 14 years ago. This this uh, girl was murdered. Right. You know, so the chances anyway. But he doesn't. Luckily for us, so that way we get these great action scenes. So then it was just the bumbling cop, and then the psychiatrist and the mom. 
right. and Kylie. And that's mm-hmm. what was left. And then so Kylie figures it out. Oh, right. And she tells her mom. Right. Yeah. So she pulls her mom aside and that leaves the policeman and the psychologist, psychiatrist right. guy together. Right. Doesn't work out well for the policeman. No. Doesn't work out. It wasn't as gruesome as I had hoped. What, she stabbed him with a corkscrew or something? The only real casualty. I mean, besides the psychiatrist, but he's the bad guy. I thought that would have been a more gruesome death. There's just a corkscrew. I did like that they were shaking it and trying to get it out of the back of his neck. Right. So, yeah, let's talk about, let's just go straight to that. So, the psychiatrist is revealed to be the monster. Like, he's the terrible guy, and he is going to kill them all. And so you have this monster in a house kind of chase thing where he's trying to get them. He's running. They're running through the room, slamming doors, the whole thing. Right. But it was so clever and entertaining the way they do it. So they're at one point in the kitchen. Right. And the, is it the mom that attacks him with a cheese grater? Oh, no. She puts the cheese grater on her arm. <laughs> Kylie oh, does. Right. And then she has a knife. But that, I really like that. All that part too, because if you were fighting someone off, oh yeah, you'd, you'd only have everything. whatever you had. That's what was kind of right. clever in Shaun of the Dead too. They did a little more comical in Shaun of the Dead, but if you remember, they were throwing records. Right. They were just using whatever they had, but right. in yeah. this, it seemed much more like that's what you do. Yeah, I like that a lot when she took the take the cheese grater to his face. Yeah, and then the, well, then the mom uses the laundry basket to. Yeah, I was him. gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna get to that next. So then they're they're running upstairs. And he like, they lock the door and the bedroom and that whole thing and they bust through. And yeah, somehow he gets caught or the mom knocks him over the head or puts the laundry basket, like a big vertical, like four foot tall mm-hmm. um, laundry basket. And that kind of captures him for a minute. That was funny. And that, so I was kind of like um, looking around the house, like, I mean, like, what would I use? I know you don't want to think of that kind of stuff, but well, I often sometimes will run through my head, like what would happen or I run through scenarios of what would happen if oh, someone... Oh, yeah. Okay. I do, too. That's but why I avoid... Don't... I just don't enjoy it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do it constantly. It's just fight or flight, right? I mean, I just I mean, have that in my head. We don't have much that's not in our garage. Right. That we can... We've got steak knives in the kitchen drawer. That's we have what... knives? Steak knives. Those are the ones to go for. Okay. Those are super sharp. I mean, um, the ones, you know, those like all metal, all silver ones. Okay. Got yeah. it. But upstairs, we don't have anything. A lamp? Nope. Yeah. We're just going to get fucked up. We'll be fine. But if we, But if we got into the garage, that would be fun. We got <laughs> None clippers. of it would be fun. I don't like this conversation. <laughs> Stop. Well, um, it also reminds me of playing, you know, the zombie game I love when you right. get into the mall. Dead Rising. Yeah. And you just grab whatever you have available. Right. So, okay, let's, let's bring it up, make it a little more happy. We're talking about a video game. Right. Where you get to choose... Anything from the mall to use as a weapon, and that's right. super fun. Yeah, especially the hardware store. Right. Oh All the garden so tools. Much fun. You right. need a lawnmower. You got to find that for me. On I'm there. pretty sure it's on there. Okay. Yeah. They get out onto the roof, and then the psychiatrist guy falls off the roof, and you think it's over. Which I think I like that too in horror movies or any kind of intense movie. I like that feeling when everything's over. Mm hmm. But you know, like when you've had like a really long day or if I've like run a half marathon or something and you finally get to like rest, mm-hmm. that's just the best. Right. So I kind of feel that too. And I, I think maybe I, I like that tension and the relief of it. Right. But so that in this scene, you think everything's fine. So he falls off the roof, right? Right. And you think he's dead because he's fallen off a 
roof from way up high. Right. And so the daughter and mother, they're embracing. Everything is okay. And then I don't remember what happens. He breaks back in and starts, oh, knocks Kylie out. Kind of, you're expecting kind of a hero moment from Eugene because Eugene's still in the walls. Like he's kind of witnessed all this, but again, he's... um, Well, no, no, they, sorry, we're messing this all up. Um, He gets stabbed. Eugene does? Yes. Remember they, uh, the mom and Kylie escape by running through his uh, secret passage. Mm-hmm. And so they're hiding out with him in their, his little audio visual room. Right. And they kind of talked to him a little bit. He can still talk, which I thought was interesting. He didn't. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And um, then they have that great scene where he shows all of his drawings about how oh, he's been watching that her. that was great. Yeah. Because at first he shows a picture of her in the bathtub and she just assumes like, oh, well, of course, you've been watching me. You're a little dirty pervert. What else would a man do in the walls? But then you see that, no, he's, he loves her and he's been watching her and Yeah, he's kind of been up. watching her grow up oh and my gosh. rooting for her and these like really beautiful detailed like ink drawings I'm, it's getting her. me teary right and because, because they, they are really emotional like they mm-hmm. show her like sometimes alone and sad and like her first day of school and all this like all these drawings that he's done so yeah i forgot about that so then i mean you you love eugene oh yeah well yeah. then he's the saddest part is whenever he, the last picture is her leaving and he says and here's me and your mom waiting for you to come back right because he misses her too right oh my gosh yeah well, yeah, so, so then, then, um, so he says, hey, I know where we can hide. And remember, the- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I forgot. And he just goes over and puts a sheet on him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're in his little room. Right. And the psychiatrist <laughs> guy is bursting through the walls to come and find them. Right. Right. Yeah. They've got to escape. And Eugene, <laughs> he thought that was great. I know where we can hide. And he just puts a dusty old sheet on his head. Right. That was hilarious. Oh, because we forgot about the scene in the, about in the middle but remember the lights go out and then Eugene attacks the psychiatrist at that point. Remember, it wraps that. Right, um, right. You see his death's sheet. Mm-hmm. They show him. But then again, you could just think that it's Kylie's imagination again. And it was actually Kylie who did that. Right. That was worth strange too, that nobody got arrested for that. I mean, somebody right. did it. No one investigated it. <laughs> right. It was never but, even mentioned again. But I guess that's why they have the cops the way they are. You know, like we don't know what's going on. Right. We don't yeah. understand. But yeah, there are just like... Yeah, it does seem like something should have been said right. or done about that. But that's all right. We'll forgive that. But right. But so how? So Eugene gets stabbed by the psychiatrist. Like, right. What was that? I don't remember. He's standing in front of the door, and the psychiatrist like sticks a poker, like a fire poker, through the wall, and it goes oh, through Eugene. Right. And the wall falls on the top of Eugene. Yeah. So we think Eugene maybe has died. Right. But yeah, maybe not. And Amos at one point came to the house too. Mm-hmm. And we think he might have died too. Um, right. Yeah. Right. But so back to the scene at the the end. Right. So we think that the psychiatrist is dead, but he busts back in the house and he knocks out Kylie and he's attacking the mom. Right. And so you think, oh shit, how's the mom going to get out of this? Because she's incompetent. She can't do anything. Right. Kylie's knocked out. And so, you okay, someone needs to come and be the hero. You assume, assume someone's going to come and be the hero. Well, you think, and you see, yeah, you think Eugene... Well, or, and you see the like a door creak open, right? And you think, okay, here comes Eugene. Right. And you think he's going to come and be the hero and save the day. But all he does is he reach. You see him reach his little <laughs> finger out, yeah. and he just taps Kylie on the head, like wake up, right? Yeah, and so Kylie wakes up. 
and, and but then, then he and then he has the weapon ready and, and he kind of the just, weapon again it was like a like a s'mores poker type thing that you put like a marshmallow on you know one of those things you put uh-huh. a hot dog on but he had connected it to his electrical oh, right. socket and so he just like basically her. made it kind of a bomb yeah and then gave it to her right and so then she stabbed it into him and right. he turned it on and, and so, so the psychiatrist just gets blowed the fuck up right that's great which may not be great for them because they really need his dental <laughs> you know his dental records and his dental plate to prove yeah, that he was the one that did it i think they probably have they have enough i guess the, with cop, the records and they were yeah the cop was murdered amos lived Right. Uh, Eugene lived, even right. though they Eugene didn't... probably has drawings of all kinds of shit. Well, they, they but they couldn't tell the police about Eugene. Remember, that's why Eugene didn't speak up in the first place because mm. he was scared they'd take him away. Oh. So I'm sure they didn't tell the police about Eugene. Maybe, yeah. Um, but then, so you still don't know what happens, and then that cuts to like, I guess, like yeah, nine months later or right, something when she's getting her. Then you see Amos is okay. Um, Graham, the stepdad's okay, right? Mm-hmm. And. The mom is taking a video, and the video camera runs out of batteries. Mm-hmm. And that's the great reveal. You want to tell them? I don't remember. I mean, Eugene's okay. Right. I mean, yeah, it's not a great reveal. It is a great reveal. Well, I think we all kind of knew it. But they don't know that he's still living in the walls, and he's just part of the family now. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess I kind of figured that. I didn't. Oh. Uh. Because he didn't know if he if he didn't make it. Well, I assume it's, if they do something as playful as having him kind of tap on the... <laughs> I assume he's going to make it. So she yells at Eugene... Right. For stealing the batteries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really entertaining. I really enjoyed it. Good. I did good. <laughs> yeah, you did good. I mean, yeah, it was probably just enough horror. Because um, I, I, I wrote down, like, because I was kind of taking notes while we were watching it, you know. And I wrote a few times, like, I'm really not enjoying this anxiety. Like, oh. when you think that it's, like, at the beginning, when you think it's like, ghosts you think there's something else going on and i just hate that tension i just really hate that uh, you know walking slowly into the dark room and just the way they film horror movies where it's such tight shots and weird angles you know mm. where you you can't see what's going on you can't see an, in front or behind you know and it's dark and the music is all tense and i, I just don't like the effect that has on me what about when, but we watch like all of the Mission Impossible movies and yeah, we watch, but that's, is that just more like. Yeah, but that's not, no matter what happens in that, it's all, no, no one feels like a victim, I guess, right. in those, you know, it's like some spy attacking some other spy. Right, right. I mean, and I do get, I mean, those are very tense. I'm not saying that they aren't, or, you know, there's plenty of movies like that that are thrillers or action-y or suspenseful. And, but I guess the, maybe the supernatural side or the monster side just pushes it, just amps it up a little bit. And also most movies just aren't going to be as kind of manipulative as a horror movie is. Right. Well, I think that's one of the differences too, is that I don't mind being manipulated. Like I watch Grey's Anatomy or I watch Mm. This Is Us and I know what they're trying to do. Right. But I don't mind. I let myself, I let them do it and I enjoy it. That's an interesting point. Yeah, there might be something to that. Yeah, because I don't like that. I, I feel like if you're going to make me feel something, you need to earn that. Ooh. You can't just... But it's only on certain shows. Like, I love Grey's Anatomy, so I let them... Yeah, sure. The right. pregnant woman comes in, and they both die, and then the dad gets in a car wreck on the way there. Fine. Right. Because... But if it's a different show, or if it's something I don't enjoy, then 
you know, yeah. I don't, but I, I have to let myself enjoy it. Otherwise I won't. But I'm glad you watched it. And that was fun. Yeah, no, I did enjoy it. But yeah, so I've been thinking about it since. And yeah, I've enjoyed it. Well, good first experiment. Homebound. Housebound. <laughs> Homebound. <laughs> So now I need to tell you a few true stories. Okay. This is how this podcast works. Right. Okay. True crime. Right. And so usually I would choose something a little more dark. Mm -hmm. And I know that most people who are maybe a fan of this movie or most people who are a fan of true crime are probably wanting me to tell you about the Spider-Man of Denver. Mm. But I'm not going to. Good, good. <laughs> I'd like you to go to sleep tonight. Anything, anyone that has a title, <laughs> don't want to know it. Don't want to know about it. Well, he's have, achieved that kind of fame. I do have one person nope. who has a title in here, but it's 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 more silly. Okay. Well, not silly, but but so I, I chose three little stories, uh, just some little examples of um, people who have been living in walls. <laughs> okay. Well, so the first one was in 2008 in Wilkes Bar. Pennsylvania? Is that how you okay. say that? Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania? Yeah. <laughs> it's a Wilkes bar. Um, there was a family who started to notice strange things. Stacy Ferrance and her three kids started to hear strange sounds around Christmas time. Ugh, I don't like it already. But they assumed that it was one of the other people living in their house or... The cats. They're two cats. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but then things started to go missing. So actually on Christmas Day, uh, the new iPod that one of the girls had gotten went missing, a laptop, cash mm. from the, the Christmas cards. Mm. And so they call the police, but they don't know what happened. There doesn't seem to be a break in. You're getting nervous. You're looking nervous. <laughs> I, I don't like this at all. Okay. Uh, but then the next day, she sees footsteps in her closet. Footprints? Yes. All right. You can't okay. see footsteps, can you? Yeah. Okay. So she sees footprints in her closet, which is where the attic is. Mm. So they call the police again, and the police come, and they find uh, 21-year-old Stanley Carter. Uh, he was wearing her daughter's sweatshirt and her <sighs> sweatpants and shoes. So he was just like, when they were gone, going and getting whatever he needed. Uh, he was eating all their food, and he lived there for an entire week. He, but he's kind of like um, Eugene because he was writing down everything he took because he wanted to replace it at some point. He apparently had been living in a duplex next door, but they they kicked him out for some reason. And so he found that there was an attic that connected. And so he just went up there and started living there. So wait, these people's... It's like a duplex, I guess. So these houses are connected. Oh, so, so this he got was... kicked out of the one duplex, but he saw he noticed that if you oh, there's okay. a door that connects to the other right. attic. And that's so what he... you get for living in a duplex, frankly. <laughs> I mean, that makes me feel much better. See, so don't you feel better? Yeah. Okay, um, but he was just he was charged with burglary, theft, criminal trespass, and receiving receiving stolen property. But it was very creepy. But at least he didn't have any bad intent and i wonder like what was his what was the plan right you can't do that forever he only made it a week before he was caught yeah okay but, but it's and the people next door they actually filed a missing persons report for him uh, it wasn't okay. like anyone wasn't looking for him but All right. next 
get through these. <laughs> okay, we'll do one more that's a little more spooky, and then we'll do the fun one. Okay. Okay, so the other one also happened in 2008, but it was all the way in um, Tokyo. Uh, a man was convinced that someone was stealing for him because it, from him because his food kept going up missing. Mm-hmm. But every time he'd leave the house, he'd lock all the windows and lock all the doors and still he'd come home and things were missing. Mm-hmm. So he set up a video camera. What? And he caught a woman climbing out of his closet on video. I'm sorry. God. Climbing out of his closet? What yes. does that mean? What kind of closet is this? Okay, so it's just like a normal linen closet. How do you climb out of it? She was um, living on the top shelf of it. What? In a space that was only as big enough for her. She had a like a, like a razor-thin mattress... And she was sleeping up there. Where was this? Tokyo. Okay. And um, she was 58 years old. Wow. She must have been small. Yeah. Um, but she only stole food. She never stole money. And so she regularly like showered and kept clean. So that way he wouldn't smell her. Right. And uh, it- That's an interesting point going back to the movie. Eugene had to smell pretty damn terrible. That's true think they would have noticed that. Well, I mean, maybe the house is really old, too. Mm, that's all right. Or maybe they get used to the smell, but maybe it's, you know, it's like when you go to someone's house and they notice the smell, but you don't. Right. Sometimes, like, remember when we would go to, um, we went to a few foster cat houses, yeah, yeah. and you walk in there, and that's, that stench just hits you. Right. And they don't notice it. They have cat litter boxes everywhere. Yeah, but so don't you think Amos, when he walked into the house, would be like, Jesus, what is this? I don't know. You've got well, a man in the walls here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, if you know, we, we've had, I'm sure most people have had like a rat or a mouse that's died in the well, walls. We have litter boxes. I'm sure we have it here when people come over. I try to make sure they're cleaned yeah, and spray. You try. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the Tokyo lady living in a closet, climbing out of it. <laughs> well, and again, she apparently had been moving around the neighborhood and like sneaking into houses for over a year without oh being God. caught. Jesus. But so she, a little again, 50 year old girl, 58 year old Japanese woman. Yeah. But again, she was uh, just benevolent, just hanging out. Eh. It's still creepy. I know. Yeah. Okay. So then this last one is super interesting. It's not about someone living in someone's house, but someone living in a store. Uh, but this, this, I don't know why this hasn't been made into a movie yet. I mean, it's up there with like, catch me if you can. Like the story of this guy. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, you should Google it and look up some more info on it. So, the short version is, though. So, this is um, a guy they called Roofman, uh, Jeffrey Manchester. This was in... Was this in 2008, too? That was a big year for Walt Levin. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... Um, well, so it starts out, Jeffrey was serving a... 45-year sentence in prison for robbing over 40 McDonald's. He was caught in 2000. But apparently they called him Roof Man because he would somehow come in through the roofs of these McDonald's to Mm. rob them. Those fries are good. They are. But so he became the first person to break out of Brown Creek Correctional Institute in North Carolina. So How hard do you think that is? That sounds, is that like maximum security or is that just like... I don't know. It's called a correctional institute. It's Brown Creek, North Carolina. Yeah. So, but he broke out by hiding under a delivery truck. Uh-huh. So then he moves to Charlotte and he becomes a church going volunteer named John mm. and gets a girlfriend. He told everyone that he had a secret government job. 
Okay. <laughs> but by night, he was hiding out in a Toys R Us. It'd be fun. Yeah. So he was living there. He'd made himself a little Cubby. nook. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they had beds there. That's true. You just sleep in one of those race car beds. He would play with remote control cars. He would ride bikes around the store. He'd eat all the baby food from the baby food, the baby section. It'd be so much fun. I'd open so many action figures. I'd just be surrounded by them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that store is huge. I know. Well, it was huge. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. He would also, he stole toys from Toys R Us to give to the kids at church and give to his girlfriend's kids. Mm. But then he holed through. <laughs> Bored a hole through Bored. the wall through to next door to circuit city and you can tell that this is an old story because we're talking about businesses that no longer exist but uh so he somehow got into the walls and went through to circuit city and made another little cubby but then from circuit city he went and took a dvd player and a tv and he would watch movies he set it all all set up he painted the walls he put up a shelf and put toys on them put his action figures up (laughs) he really did (laughs) But his plan, I guess, was actually to rob Toys R Us, not just live there. But he lived there for six months without being detected. He set up uh, baby monitoring devices, the, the video ones, so he could watch mm-hmm. the comings and goings. He he even like messed with the employees' schedules, which seems very rude, but it's right. pretty, be that's, pretty funny. That's pretty clever. Especially yeah. if you're stuck in there. Points for that. Yeah. Um, but so he's, he's in Toys R Us for six months. And just formulating plans, right? To I guess. How he's going to rob this place. How much money could there be at a Toys R Us at any given time? Uh, maybe he waited till Christmas time. I don't know. Okay. But then, so they weren't really clear. Like, again, this is a huge story. It seems like there's so much information about it, but not much in the articles. I want to know more. I want to see a movie. Yeah, it should be a movie. I want a book. Right, or a Netflix series. Yes. Um, but so somehow he, I mean, he had a gun. That he got, but I don't know if he used it in the robbery. Something happened. Uh, employees saw him and he ran away and scurried back into his walls. And so they called the police and the police came. And by the time they got there, he'd already disappeared. But they found his his little holes in his little rooms. Yeah, I have so many questions, which I know you can't answer. So I'm not going to bother asking them. But it just, I know. Well, that's why I'm telling like our how, listeners, look it up. Right. See if yeah. there's something, some more information. Or why is this not in production? Right. Yeah. How do you buy the rights to that? I guess you don't. I guess you just write a fictionalized version right. of it. Right. Right. I guess he hasn't written a book that you can buy the rights to. No. <laughs> he should. But then, so I guess the police kind of put it together. I mean, he's he's wanted... He was robbing these McDonald's all the way from the Bay Area to Massachusetts. So he's wanted in many states. So they come down to North Carolina and I guess they show a mugshot and the churchgoers and his girlfriend say, oh, yeah, that's John. And they put it all together. And so his girlfriend actually has to trick him. And she acts like nothing's wrong. And she invites him to her birthday party. But when he shows up, it's just the police waiting for him. Mm. And also at some Surprise, point... did they do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just all they even had off. a cake just for fun. <laughs> right. But then also at some point he tried to burn down his dentist's office because he wanted to destroy his dental records. Mm. I, I, guess, I, think it, I think it was at night, so he doesn't want to hurt anybody again. But still, that's... Um, besides escaping from prison, then that's adding 
whatever the theft is from those stores. Right. Arson. Trespassing, arson. So he yeah. was he's put away for a long time, but I think at the end of the article, like one of the cops was quoted like he's but he's sneaky, so we'll see. Right. But so apparently he's still in prison. But I'm sure he's got some Shawshank plans going. Oh right. Yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, it's such ingenuity to do the things that he did, you know, if he could just apply that to maybe get an engineering degree. Right. Well, that's what's like, how catch me if you can is so interesting. Right. Hmm. But anyway, so that is our episode with with our guest, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Yes. I'm a horror movie expert now. Well, we're going to... tell you all about New Zealand horror cinema. Right. And here comes another cat purr. Yep. Got another cat in my lap. Yeah, so I'd like to um, do this again sometime. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can fit you in. <laughs> we'll have to check our schedule. Okay. Well, on Twitter, we're at sometimes dead four. Instagram, at sometimes dead podcasts. And we're also on Facebook, sometimes dead. Bet sometimes dead is better at the name of my podcast. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a Facebook page. There's really no way to not find us. Okay. All right, and uh, bye. Bye.